we didn't try to train quarterbacks. You know, we tried to raise kids, and we wanted them to have good values. And it certainly wasn't a plan for us to raise college and pro football players. Welcome to Beyond Speaking with Brian Lord. This is not a race. This is war. Fail trying rather than fail watching. Hey, it's Mikey from the Goonies. A podcast featuring deeper conversations with the world's top speakers. I'm Brian Lord, and on the show today, we have the father of the modern NFL quarterback fraternity, Archie Manning, as he shares his thoughts on why he named his son Peyton, safety in football, and which son he would choose in a two-on-two basketball game for the last piece of pumpkin pie. Okay, so to set the stage here, I booked this incredibly cool event. Like, sometimes you get to do things, you're like, holy cow, this is a cool thing. So I booked Archie, Peyton, Eli, and Cooper Manning, his three sons, all to speak in an event. Unfortunately, Peyton and Eli had to take off right afterwards, but I was able to get a little bit of time with Archie and Cooper. So at the very end of this interview, like out of nowhere, Cooper comes into it. So if you're like, why in the world does this come here? Cooper's sitting off to my left as I'm talking to Archie here. So this was a cool one because I've just been a football fan forever. And it seems like Peyton Manning has been wherever I've gone. And uh, so for me, it's a great thing. Plus, I've just booked Archie forever. He was one of the first people I ever booked this little bitty event down in Destin, Florida. So to come, you know, almost two decades later and being able to chat with him again and do this interview and, and just get some of that great wisdom from him is definitely a special treat for me. Today, I'm very excited to have with us uh, Archie Manning, who is uh, you know the patriarch of the NFL uh, quarterback fraternity, so to speak, and and somebody who uh, has has done an amazing job with uh, raising three sons. And so, wanted to come today to talk to you kind of about family, about leadership, about giving back. And so, thank you so much for being on. Oh, my pleasure, Brian. Glad glad to be with you. Great. Well, one of the things that has, uh, you know, so I graduated the same year that your son Peyton did. I'm from Indiana. I moved from Indiana to Tennessee, which of course, huge impact areas for Mm -hmm. your son, which means that anywhere I go with my kids, they're surrounded by kids named Peyton. (laughs) So where did the name Peyton come from? And and do you take credit for naming half of the Indianapolis and (laughs) and Tennessee area? Well, um, Peyton was born on my uncle Peyton's uh, 75th birthday and um, we my wife just uh, liked the name of my uncle Peyton and um, uh, it was just coincidence we we were going to name this child Peyton and also in those days you didn't know whether you were having a girl or a boy but it's also a girl's name and so uh, we were going to name this child Peyton and um, so it it seemed to fit seemed to work and uh, he goes off to Tennessee and when he got there Brian Tennessee had not beaten Alabama in 10 years. They'd had a tie in there. Hadn't beat them in 10 years, or maybe it was nine. And in his freshman year, he played. He started against Alabama in Knoxville, and they lost right at the end of the game. A pass went in the end zone. So that was that, I think that might have made the 10th year. Well, anyway, the next year, so that would have been 1995, they played in Birmingham, national TV game. And Tennessee beat Alabama. And Peyton had a big game along with his receivers. They beat them pretty good. And so Tennessee fans obviously were pretty excited. It came out, uh, they always played in October. Uh, third, uh, I think it was uh, third, third Saturday in October. It came out in the Knoxville paper like six weeks later that during that last month, it had been 19 babies in Knoxville County named Peyton. <laughs> some of them girls, some of them boys. And Peyton, 
he he didn't know how to deal with it. You know, he would. Uh, now as time went along, people were coming up to him saying, you know. Don't you, uh, Peyton, this is my baby boy, Peyton. You know, he said, Dad, I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. And I said, I can't help you. I said, you know, when I was playing at Ole Miss, I had some dogs and cats named after me, but I didn't have babies named after me. And, Brian, it kind of continued. Um, of course, there at, at Tennessee, throughout Tennessee, and girls and boys. Then uh, he goes, uh, what is that, 1990? Eight was his rookie year with the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, they didn't. He was first pick. They didn't do so well. The next year they turned it around. They went from three and thirteen to thirteen and three. Kind of that same excitement caught on there, and then all of a sudden babies started, you know, up in Indiana and throughout uh, Indianapolis and that area. Just more patents coming along. One other, I'll, being too long with this answer, but I'll mention one <laughs> other thing. So it was about. Uh, Payton was a freshman. Uh, it, was, it was in 95 when they won that game in Alabama. So uh, somewhere like six years later, it came out. This Somebody sent me a copy of a paper. And it's a, it's a statewide paper in Tennessee about the, from the, about the educational system, about schools. And they had a dilemma in the first grade in Tennessee. So many babies were born. One lady had 16 kids in her class and nine of them were named Peyton. So it, it is something uh, and then we, we saw a lot of it uh, in our 14 years of going up to Indianapolis you know. Uh, they even did something years later, you know, like 18 years later at Tennessee they checked to see how many freshmen at Tennessee and Rowland were named Peyton and there were quite a few. What are some of those things that you see now um, from a sort of a legacy standpoint that you want people to take away from your kids not just the names but maybe how they act or, well, or character wise? Well yeah, I hope they uh, behave themselves and uh, conduct themselves in a good, good manner. I know I always tell people when they pay compliments to my children that I give credit where it's due and that's to Olivia. Uh, Olivia and I have been married 47 years. She's been a great she's been a great wife. She's been a great mother. And uh, we've just been so blessed. All three of our children have given us great joy. And um, you know, two of them played pro football, but uh, along the way, hopefully um, did did some things right in giving back. Uh, they were um, both of them were named uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year. That made us made us very proud. But um, they both have uh, you know their foundation work. Uh, both of them have hospitals named after. They've worked really close with uh, uh, Children's Hospital, which I think is uh, just something everyone should go. If you want to count your blessings, everyone should go visit a children's hospital. It's just it's just nothing worse than a sick sick child. So um, we're, we're very proud the fact that uh, they've. Uh, um, kind of not only been good football players, but hopefully been good people along the way. So with, with Cooper, Eli, and Peyton, where do they take, where do each of them take after you, and where do they take after Olivia? Well, y- your children are different. Um, I never knew that. I, you know, when I had children, I thought, you know, we, I always say we, I think we try to raise our children kind of like our parents raised us. But you kind of think they're going to be pretty similar. And uh, Cooper was our oldest child, and he um, he was kind of funny from the from the get go as, as a youngster. He always had a great spirit about him, a great attitude. He he wasn't he he wasn't a straight A student, and we'd try to 
get on him a little bit about um, up in his grades, but he'd get his report from school, and they'd say, Cooper is such a delight to have in our class. He makes everyone else better in class. He makes everyone laugh. And, uh, you know, he seemed to be rolling along ju- just fine. So I always talked about his his, his spirit uh, there. Uh, Peyton was different, um, a little more serious. Uh, he was a straight-A guy, uh, but I probably didn't have as much fun as Cooper did. And then Eli comes along, and I, we, we didn't know what we, was going on here. He just seemed to be very timid and shy. I didn't say a whole lot for a long time. And um, one thing we thought about Eli, because Peyton and, and Cooper were really active, and they were getting in now and getting into Little League baseball and playground basketball and then this and that and we'd drag Eli along you know he had to go he really wouldn't want to go to these games and some of them could go on you know all day and all weekend and I told his mother I said you know he's gonna hate sports he's not gonna like sports and sure enough he kind of followed the same path you know when he got old enough to play these things but uh, the fact they're in some areas they're alike but in most areas they're different, and I think that's kind of what makes the world uh, go round. That you got three three different uh, animals there. Now, you obviously have dealt with a lot of difficult stuff in your in your life. Uh, you know, even uh, from a family life or on a football field, getting sacked so many times, then seeing your your kids go through that with the multiple surgeries or Eli listed last year getting benched, and and one of the things that people always comment is how they deal with things with so much character, how you dealt with things with losing seasons in New Orleans. Where do you think that comes from, and how did you try and teach that to your, your sons? Well, we just we, – we didn't try to train quarterbacks. You know, we tried to raise kids, and we wanted them to have good values, and we, we stressed uh, priorities and lining up things in their life to keep things in order through their faith and family. And schoolwork was more important. They played a lot of sports, which I think is good if, if your child liked that. We didn't force it on them or anything. We, and we it certainly wasn't a plan for us to have – college and pro football players they they worked they wanted to do that and they worked real hard and were fortunate uh along the way so you know our lives have been been blessed but um you know the real thrill has been just just raising kids and going through life with all the activities and all the fun they've had and now grandkids and this is you know this we've got eight and we're again we're, we're very blessed and uh that's that's really that's that's another another deal this grandchildren are it, 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 they they tell you how good it is but it's uh i think it's even better what's your favorite thing to do with grandkids Oh, well, I've, like I said, I've been hobbled up. You know, I love uh, – Cooper's got uh, two boys. I love to shoot baskets with them. I used to get, like to get in the front yard and throw the football. And I've uh, been beat up a little bit lately. I can't do it. I miss it. I miss it. Now, Cooper's boys um, – are playing a little golf, and that is it. Now, they go out and they walk, you know, and play, play golf or pull a cart. But if I show up in a cart, they can get in a cart and play with me. They really like that. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of something something new. Eli's little girls are, uh, are younger, and Peyton's twins are younger, but they they love to come to Mardi Gras. They love to come. So we just had a great time in New Orleans where they – we go down the parades and put them up in a ladder, and you get on the back of the ladder, and you know it's crazy Mardi Gras. People throw these beads at you, but the, you know the main thing is to be able to spend time with them, and the fact that they uh, they like us. <laughs> uh, Olivia's called Go Go. They call me Red, and uh, they like to come to our house, and uh, that makes us feel real good. 
Now, uh, what, uh, what do you think your life would have been like had you been a pitcher? Do you think the boys would have uh, followed along with that, or would they ended up being football, or what do you think? You know, I, who knows? Uh, they played baseball. Everybody played a little baseball. They played basketball. You know, that's the one thing I get asked a lot. And um, I understand sometimes you have a person that's a prodigy and this great tennis player when they're eight years old or they're – you know, can break 80 when they're nine years old shooting golf or something. But I, I think team sports are, are wonderful. And I think it, it's good for kids to play a lot of different sports. You know, to try to specialize. I hear a lot now about people specializing when they're 10 years old and just going to one sport. And I saw an article the other day, and it said it doesn't work. It took too many times. They they do so much in one sport, they get injuries. They don't do enough to get out. They, they um, well, the rest of their time, they're home too much on the couch, you know. So uh, I, I, I advise parents to let your kids play a lot of things. Play, go from sport to sport. When you get older, if you need to specialize a little bit, you can. But I think it's really healthy for kids to do a lot of different things and have a lot of different activities, not, not, not necessarily always sports. I mean, if they like the band, they like cheerleading, they like whatever, drama, um, you know, whatever, but just to be active. What what is your thought when parents ask you about hey should my kids play sports you know yeah, what would you tell them well um, football particularly uh, and I guess it's, it's happened a little bit in soccer uh, lacrosse um, you know the safety issues become a big big subject and and rightfully so in football so I, I'm pretty proud of a lot of the moves that football has made at every level pro college and high school to make a safer game. Uh, we, we do have a safer game than we had, say, five years ago. Now, it'll always be injuries in football. It'll always be a physical game. And I, I get it. If parents don't want their child to do that, I, I understand. And it's not for everybody. I, I don't think it's ever good to force your child into playing sports. If they don't like it, then they shouldn't be out there. There are other activities, other things. And like I said, the main thing is just have some interests, have projects and uh, things to occupy your time rather than just sitting on a couch playing with your with your cell phone. All right, so here's here's our scenario. This is your last question. Could be the toughest question you've ever had to answer. you got a two-on-two basketball game. Nobody's ever been hurt before. Everybody's in their prime. You have to pick one son to be on your team to win this. You're playing two-on-two basketball team in your prime, in their prime. Nobody's ever been injured. Who do you pick to be on your team uh, to win uh, that? Uh, Cooper, 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 Cooper was a really – Cooper played on two state championship basketball teams. Oh, really? And, oh, so yeah. this wasn't oh, even yeah. a difficult question. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cooper and I would uh, – Peyton was a banger in basketball. <laughs> he, all he did is just rough people up. He was up. Bill Lambert. And, 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 and Eli – now, Eli had to play center, you know. Really? But, yeah, he had to play Wait, center. Is he the tallest? No, but he's the tallest on his team, you know. So he had to play center. He had no ego. One night, Eli scored 32 points in a game, and the next game he didn't even take a shot. You know, typical Eli like that. No, Cooper and I would kill them in basketball. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for the Beyond Speaking podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen. To learn more, go to beyondspeak.com because adding the ING was too expensive. 
For this episode of the Beyond Speaking Podcast, your technical director, producer, and head Steelers fan was Eric Woody. Your creative director and part-time leprechaun was Travis Franklin. Brian Lord, your host, executive producer, and specialist in speaking about himself in the third person. Additional thanks to special consultant and the pride of St. Paul, Lauren D. of D. & Associates. Thank you to the incredible voice talents of the muy profundo Robert Borges. Finally, thanks to the premier founder, Dwayne Ward, CEO Sean Hanks, and CIO Chris Yount, simply because you need to thank powerful people. If you've listened this far, you clearly have nothing better to do, so why not continue on and listen to the next Beyond Speaking podcast?